What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Mitha. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We're just a couple of artsy bitch folk who want to know what makes art good and what makes art bad and how to talk about it. Da-da-da! Shall we get into snacks? Yes, a snack is a thing that is giving us food and fuel this week in our artistic life journeys. Mm. Gaia, what are you snacking on? One of my friends here on the farm introduced us to a an art series by a Jewish artist named Charlotte Solomon, oh. and it's called Lifer Theater. And it's about her experience being Jewish and, like, her life after her mother killed herself and all these sorts of, like, beautiful paintings. And it's been quite impactful this week. So that's been, I, I think I should recommend that to everyone. I've also been uh, refurbishing a typewriter so I can write letters to my friend who just went to Seattle so that I can win her heart. I'm done with you. I'm done. I know, right? If I don't get a typewritten letter from Maine... You're going to get one. Don't Okay, worry. good. Then what's Damn. the point anymore? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's even the point if you don't get a typewritten letter from Maine? Yeah. You'll get one. I will, I'll, I'll write you one in just calligraphy. And so we'll like go oh? back and forth because I don't have a typewriter. This is rituals. This is rituals. I got really nice pens uh, for calligraphy, so... First, I have to fix it, though. So give okay. me some time. Okay. I That's don't know fine. what's it's wrong gonna with it. It's going to take me so long. First, I'll have to type out what I'm going to say to you, and then I'll have to do it all in calligraphy, because I'm not going to, like, free write in calligraphy. Nitha, <laughs> I can't believe you're not a Virgo. What are you snacking on? Tell me about yourself. This has been, like, a really tough week, but I have been, I've been snacking on... Do you know who Flo Millie is? <laughs> Flo Millie shit! Cameron just freaked out. Um, So... The only thing getting me through this week is Miss Megan the Stallion and Flo Millie. And I literally like cannot like they their music just like puts serotonin directly into my brain. Like it opens yes. up my brain, pours the serotonin in. Every time I hear Flo Millie shit, I get so pumped. So that is that is it. Maybe I'll make a like pump up playlist. With just Megan and Cardi and Flo Millie and some other artists. It's a little serotonin IV drip. I hear it and I'm like, oh, I feel better. So <laughs> we have two very different snacks this week, but I feel like it's perfect. You know what? It's about that serotonin. It's about that serotonin. Except for the, the Charlotte Solomon stuff. That's not serotonin-y at all. But it will make you feel like a lot in your heart. You want to feel something, and I feel like these things make us feel things, so... Sometimes I let a match burn down to my fingertips just so just I can feel, feel something, something, anything. <laughs> Hello to the new kids on the block, and welcome to Bitch Why, where our episodes <laughs> are made up of four parts. An introduction to what we're talking about, Bitch How, a technical little rundown of how the thing succeeds and how it fails as a piece of art. Bitch Time, three minutes where we are not allowed to be smart, nor do we have to. And finally, bitch why, a sum up of the implications and why anything matters and the bitch meter, a little diversity meter thing that explains the diversity and stuff using mathematics. Yes. Speaking of mathematics, <laughs> <laughs> what are um, we talking about this? Have you ever partaken in a decathlon? No? A, a scholastic decathlon? A scholastic decathlon. 
We're talking about High School, High Musical, School Musical, the only movie that's ever been made. The only three movies that have ever been the made. The only three movies in existence, High School Musical 1, 2, and 3. First, I want to know how you discovered High School Musical. Okay, I have this very visceral memory of watching High School Musical the premiere night. It was, like, on Disney Channel. I was like, I gotta eat dinner early. And it was at 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Watched High School Musical, immediately obsessed with it. Learned the dance to We're All In This Together. There was a Kenny Ortega version where he's, like, showing you the... Not Kenny Ortega, but he's there. And then they're, like, showing you how to do the dance. I know the dance. I probably still know the dance. I have a very visceral memory of, you know, the CD. Remember CDs? I had all three CDs, but I had the CD of High School Musical, and inside, you pull the you pull the cover out, and it's like a book with all the lyrics. And in elementary school, I had no friends, so I remember yeah, carrying that, yeah, I remember <laughs> carrying that pa- that little packet of lyrics around with me in the sand box, and then just like walking around humming the songs from High School Musical to myself. And then just, like, carry... And that, like, I wrecked that little book. Like, it was ripped up. It was, like, fucked up. But I was like, this is my shit. And that's... That's how I... <laughs> that's how little I... Little baby. Little baby, Nita. In the sandbox with your little high school musical Yeah, book. they really had no friends. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna go back in time and give that little kiddo a hug. I'm going to wrap them up in my arms and in my sweater and be like, you are safe. Oh, my God. That's so anyway. cute. Gaia, how did you first come into contact? Oh, I have so much High School Musical backstory that I must share right <laughs> good, now because good. I am a fountain of High School Musical wealth. <laughs> anyway, so the first time, my first High School Musical related memory is one of my only childhood memories. And I have a half aunt who is like a year older than me. We're very close in age. And I viscerally remember her teaching me that we're all in this together dance. Yes key for any child of the early 2000s to know absolutely with the pumping cameron is literally doing it (laughs) he's literally doing it and you know what he's right he's right um and then the first time i realized i was gay was i was at a sleepover and we were watching high school musical 2 and i was like watching i don't dance and i was like damn this is homoerotic and then so i was like that scene was kind of gay and then everyone at the like sleepover like all the little girls looked at me and they were like what the fuck are you talking about and that was the moment i knew that it could no longer be avoided oh my god and then famously i wrote my my writing the essay final my like intro writing seminar final about High School Musical 2 and the implications of I don't dance on the human race. Um, another High School Musical fun fact about my life, my class graduation song, the song we graduated to that we walked to was We're All In This Together. And so our entire families like watched us like walk out of the like gym after graduation to that song. On our graduation, our class sucked so much. On our graduation envelopes, they like make they give you fancy invitations and they're like embossed. And so our class quote that we voted on was a Bob Ross quote, and it was every time you make a mistake, turn it into a, a bird. See, they're birds now, and like something like that. And so uh, embossed on the envelope was that quote, and also we're all in this together from High School Musical. <laughs> oh my god yeah that's so much high school musical is really pivotal to who i am yeah 
I was like a decom kid. I was a Disney kid. I still am a Disney person, but I was like a Disney kid. I also feel like our generation has like, I mean, I guess every generation has like a niche series of decoms. Like, I feel like our decoms were like all the High School Musical movies, Princess Protection Program, Camp Rock, um, Lemonade Mouth. Okay. I am two years older than you, so I agree with that, but I also... I also hearken back to, like, Lizzie McGuire movie. Uh, what else? Minutemen. Minute, no, Minutemen is, like, in the middle. Sky High. Cadet Kelly, Sky High. I'm also part of that. Like, it's a very confusing thing being born in 98. <gasps> Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior? Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior. Like, I am of that era, too. And then also, like, I I just made it past... I guess Lemonade Mouth, and then that's when the decom started getting like weird. Lemonade Mouth was my last decom. Yeah, but yeah, no, Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior, Sky High, Minutemen, all classic. Yeah, but I like decom. Did you ever see the one about the girl that the color of friendship? No. Oh my god! See, this I'm an elder. Like I'm old. I'm baby here. There's so much. There's so many. I think they're I turned all... 20 this week. That's my. That's another snack. I know, Guy. It was Just your birthday and we released the Lion King episode on your birthday, but we I was going to wish you- the Lion you, King episode on my birthday. I was going to wish you happy birthday on the pod, but I didn't get a chance to because we didn't even record an episode. <laughs> but yes, everyone wished you a happy birthday on the Instagram and it was so it lovely. Was so soft. And Jillian made that Thank beautiful you. picture. It was so sweet. Thank you to people who care about my birthday. It made me feel soft and warm inside, like an underbaked chocolate chip cookie. Oh my goodness. I needed like five more minutes in the oven before I could record. I love it. Did you ever see Xenon? Yes. Yeah, bro. Xenon, can of worms, brink, the 13th year, under wraps. (gasps) Jump in, jump in. Jump in. I cannot believe Corbin blew in Jump In. We have to cover Jump In. I have a feeling that Jump In is like maybe a slightly radical movie. Oh my god. Jump In had an all-black cast, right? Yeah, I think so. Cheetah Girls! I was a Cheetah Girl. Cheetah Girls. I was a Cheetah Girl. I, I, didn't, I, wasn't, I didn't get Cheetah Girls. That's okay. In the third grade, everything I owned was Cheetah Print because I was a Cheetah Girl. I really want to cover Jump In. I just, like, re- remembered my love for Jump In. I think we should. Gotta push it, push Did it. Did you ever watch Phantom of the Megaplex? Oh, my God. Phantom of the Megaplex is wild. Did you ever see Motocrossed? No. The Luck of the Irish? I also, like, had a weird, like, gray out period for Disney Channel because I didn't get Disney Channel until I was, like, like 11. Oh. Even Stevens? Like, the Even Stevens movie? I know of those. <gasps> oh my god! See, this is the this is our gap, but that is okay. the Wizards of Waverly Place movie. Oh my god! <laughs> Phineas and Fer- the Phineas and Ferb movie, the real Phineas and Ferb movie. I don't. I've never seen the new one. I have not seen the new one. Uh, but like Caitlin the true, really like the it. dimension crossing one. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, uh. Eddie's sexy. Million Dollar Cookoff. Oh my god! You would love Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff. Oh. I think boy. you'd really like. Smart House was a decom. What was the one about the guy who just really wanted to rap and his dad was like a pastor? Oh my God. And he I... was like, I want to be a rapper. And his dad was like, no. And then it was about him proving to his dad that rap was poetry. Oh my and God. And like a valuable expression of like his feelings. 
Wow, I don't know. Twitches! Twitches and go figure shine on. and oh shine I think it's on. Shine on. I don't think I ever saw that one. What if instead of watching anything else, <laughs> we just watched decoms? Did you ever see Quince? It's this one where this girl has her the, her mom gets pregnant and then has like five babies. It wasn't called Shine On. Okay. If anyone remembers I... the name of the movie. Yeah, this I don't know what this movie is. It's a guy, he's, he just wants to be a rapper. If anyone knows the name of the movie with the guy who just really wants to be a rapper. I think it's Let It Shine. Let It Shine? Let It Shine. Let It Shine. That's it. Has a hard time convincing his father. Who's in this? Oh, the kid from, he was in Everybody Hates Chris. And then obviously like the Halloween Town movies are so good. Obviously. Speaking about my boy, Corbin Blue. Now it's time to get into bitch what? Do you want me to summarize High School Musical? I'll do one, you do two, and then we'll figure out three. Go. Troy and Gabriella meet at like a winter uh, vacation spot, whatever. They do karaoke together. They're like, oh my God, you're hot. Oh my God, you're hot. And then they like never, they plan to never speak again or whatever. And then she ends up moving to his school and then they're like, oh, holy shit. And then he's a basketball player. She's a science geek. Like it's uh, unrequired. It can't, it can't happen. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's Romeo and Juliet. They're from two different worlds. And then they decide to like maybe sing together again and like join the musical. But then Sharpay, who's like the lead theater kid, is like, fuck you guys, no. You can be my understudy, but you can't be the lead. And then she hatches a plan to make sure that the decathlon, which is Gabriella's thing, the basketball game, which is Troy's thing, and the callbacks for the spring musicale are on the same fucking day. And then somehow this couple manages to win the decathlon, win the basketball game, and uh, get the leads in the high school musical. Uh, name drop the title of the movie. Boom. That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Guy, give me high school musical too, baby. It's the end of the school year. The winter music hell has come and gone. The crew is headed off to summer vacation. They yes. need to get jobs because they're broke kids. And they want to go to college and buy cars. And Sharpay, who is being conniving and is now in love with Troy, decides to get Troy a job at the resort that her family owns and that she goes to. And then Troy decides to get all the Wildcats jobs at that resort. And so they all get a job at the resort. They all decide to participate in the resort talent show as a group while Sharpay tries to lure him away from the working class people. And Troy becomes an idiot, dumbass bitch boy and ignores all his friends for the entire summer while they put together an excellent talent show routine. And then at the very last minute, he rejoins everyone and stops being a class traitor. He and Gabriella kiss again, I think, probably. Yeah. Troy was a busboy, but he's also a bitch boy. He was a busboy for like five minutes. Yeah. I'm so That angry. man did never, he never did his job. Like, he never actually worked. <sighs> okay, well, we're going to talk about that. Like, I have beef with that. How are we going to do number three? Because I barely remember number three. I watched it just now. Okay, please give me number three. <laughs> so basically, the, the crew, the gang is all back together again. And it's their senior year now. They're trying to go out with a bang. Miss Darbus wants them to put on a high school musical about their lives, their senior year. So they, yeah. they're all in on this musical. But at the same time, Troy is, like, questioning whether he wants to go to basketball college or, like, performing arts college. And so he's, like, torn between his two worlds once again. And Gabriella 
has been accepted into this like very special Stanford program and she is like thinking about leaving high school early and being unable to participate in the musicale. Shenanigans and conflict ensue. Troy is offered a scholarship to Juilliard and turns it down to go to like UCLA or some UC stupid Berkeley. He goes to bullshit. Berkeley, which doesn't even have like a very extensive theater program anyway. That's that. And and whatever. It's an inferior movie. Yeah, they try a passing the torch thing with those new characters and it doesn't really work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was like, and I was thinking like that was probably trying to like gear up for a spinoff. Yeah. Because Kenny, if anything, Kenny is master at the like franchisable shit. Kenny Ortega is actually like an auteur director. Bro, this man like shaped our childhood. He did Hocus Pocus. He choreographed Dirty Dancing. He just did Descendants. He just did this new thing that comes out and he keeps posting on Instagram about how it's at the top of the iTunes chart. Julie and the Phantoms. Julie and the Phantoms. All my friends Have you seen it? No. Everyone is telling me to watch it and I really am like, damn, I... I can't... I can't get into another thing, but I probably should. It's apparently very good. He's gay. He's openly gay. Which is why High School Musical is like that. Oh, here we go. Sorry. Newsies. Hocus Pocus. High School Musical. This is it. Descendants. Julie and the Phantoms. Okay, yeah. See, Kenny has done nothing but homoerotic, excellent content for the youths. For the youths. Okay, let's just get into Bitch How. Let's just do it. Bitch How. This is Bitch How, where we talk about how the thing succeeds and fails as a piece of art boy does it succeed it's interesting that like the actual theater kid is quote-unquote the villain in this series about high school musicals even though she is not well okay actually the villain since we're gonna be getting into sharpay apologist hours <laughs> i think like going back and re-watching these movies as an adult is kind of interesting especially like because we actually are theater professionals in training soon to be professionals yes and so it's interesting rewatching it because like high school musical is so divergent from like what theater actually is so it's weird like as a theater maker to watch it and be like sharpay is the bad guy because like you would watch that and be like well like in theater programs like kids who work really hard and like devote a lot of their time to their program should probably like be kind of able to like reciprocate that a little bit like just because like some kids like really devote time to to a theater program and some kids don't and that sucks i also think like sharpay is the the antagonist of the series she's like kind of like the person who is always like setting out to cause shit Mm -hmm. i think she's designed to be mean but i think like especially in the second one which is the best one troy is the antagonist because he's the one making all the choices that um that hurt people cause the problems yes this movie's give troy so much leeway well he is a white man who is pretty he is a white man so therefore he gets whatever he wants i feel like with sharpay Normally in a lot of, and I I don't, I can't really cite a decom that does this because I don't really know how often there's a decom where like a girl kisses another girl's boyfriend or anything, but Sharpay never does that. Like, yes, she's into Troy and like, yes, she like really likes him. The only way that she pursues her affection for him is by like getting him a job, helping him like get uh college connections and like meeting with basketball players who could like help him out and then in exchange she just wants him to sing with her 
at a talent show at the end of summer. Like, she never makes a move on him, really. Once she knows that he's dating Gabriella, she's like, okay. She almost just wants him to be, like, a cool collaborator. Here's the thing. With the first movie, when she, like, makes everything happen on the same day, I get why she would be upset that, like, people would come into her space who aren't as committed as her to the thing. So she was, like, testing their loyalties. And then somehow because yeah. because Troy and Gabriella are the people we root for, they end up getting everything that they want. But in real life, you actually have to make a lot of, like, scheduling sacrifices to do extracurriculars outside of school. And if they all fall on the same day, like, you have to make some choices. And, like, that's how that works. Like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm fully behind Sharpay apologism. Oh, I'm not. But I am, like, I would also be upset if, like, I had been working really hard in this high school theater program and, like, people just, like, kind of butted into the space, like, expecting everything. At the end of the series, Sharpay doesn't even go to college. She just decides to stay back and, like, help the high school theater department, which is, like, the most thankless job on the planet. T. So she really, I mean, I guess she doesn't really go about it the best way every time, but I think her, like, main motive is, like, to make that high school theater department the best it can be, which she actually could do with all of the money and power that she has, and so that's another thing. Um, She also has the privilege of not needing to go to college, because she has the financial backing yeah. to not go if she doesn't want to. I guess, I guess no, I all mean- I'm saying is, like, yeah, she's mean, but she doesn't really do anything that I'm, like, that bitch is evil. <laughs> There's never anything. I guess, like, the, the yeah. thing that makes her evil is that, like, she is selfish. And, like, yeah, like I think the thing that I don't like about her, what my favorite thing about the series is, like, the generalized Ryan redemption arc that kind of, yeah. like, replays throughout. Because I think Ryan, like, obviously Chad and Ryan are my favorite characters because they're in gay love. Yeah. But I also just, like, think that's a kind of an interesting arc. And so, like, in terms of, like, the villains of this series, like, Ryan and Sharpay being paired as villains is really interesting to me. Because I think Sharpay is, like, an, a character that's just designed to be all about herself and not be quite evil enough that they can't give her a little moment at the end where she, like, hangs out with everyone. Because, like, I think something that's cool about these movies is that these movies don't necessarily need people to win them. They just want everything to go well. And so I think it's interesting having Ryan as a foil to Sharpay because I think he has a foray into class consciousness and stuff like that. And that's really intriguing because he's learning about the people around him and pursuing his craft, which he cares deeply about, and learning how to be like an individual person, which is what I think these movies are intrinsically about, is like knowing who you are. I agree. She is a spoiled rich white girl, but she doesn't really want everything handed to her. She actually, like, does work very hard for the things that she has in school. Her family's fucking rich. But, like, there is something to be said, I think, about, like, in theater programs, you hope that the people who work the hardest get the... That's how you hope it works. (laughs) And not just, like, people cast whoever they want because they're friends with people. There's, like, an interesting, like, subtle commentary. I don't know if anyone, like the people were aware of this but the the inherent hierarchy in theater programs surrounding do you have enough money to have voice lessons do you have enough money to have dance lessons do you have enough money to do all the community theater actually okay never mind uh i fully changed my position my community theater program required my parents to like volunteer a certain amount of hours which like my family could not do we're there's like four hundred dollars 
per musical or whatever to like be involved in like anywhere from 150 to 400 depending on which musical it was how popular it was I never had money for voice lessons I barely have money for voice lessons now dance no way in hell never mind fully changed uh yeah no never mind yeah (laughs) I think it's something that's not talked about a lot outside of marginalized theater communities and I think this is actually a huge problem at NYU where we go to school which is the emphasis on being perfect and I think a lot of the people who go to NYU are people who had the kind of training at at a young age in order to like make them worthy of theater school and yeah. that's terrible. Like, I think the the fact that there's a talent barrier to education is actually just a class barrier because yeah. not all of us have enough money to have the kind of things that make you a good theater maker. And I think this is something that is useful to be the status quo because if everyone thinks that there's something intrinsically better about the people who succeed in theater, then they won't make art and they won't make the kind of, like, interesting internal analyses that require you to make art but actually anyone can be a great theater artist the kind of doing voice work and like learning how to dance and learning how to act all of those things are trainable skills and so any person in the universe could become a theater artist if they realize that those things are trainable but there is a class barrier surrounding that kind of training. You know what? I think I care more about Gabriella getting to be in theater than Troy. I think, like, I'm really jaded on Troy's involvement because he often never sees himself as thinking, like, that's something that he actually cares about and is more so, like, doing it because he loves Gabriella. And, like, this also happens a little bit in High School Musical, the musical series, which I watched last winter and actually really enjoyed. I haven't seen it yet, but... I think you'll like it. It's so funny to to me to see how the, the quality of the things we used to watch when we were younger is like so bad like it's truly is just like garbage film making like in terms of like the the structure and like how that film is shot but the way high school musical the musical series looks is it looks like the office like it looks like a good show like it's filmed really well and it's super meta and i think that's something that like younger people are into more like it's very self-referential it likes to poke fun at itself it's really interesting like how that show is structured but I really like it so it's funny to see like high school musical in two very different worlds um that follow the kind of the same like feelings and arcs but like high school musical the the musical series also goes a little deeper like a lot of these kids have some like backstory like there's one kid who's like going through his parents divorce like as this is happening and it actually like obviously I cannot speak on like that but like his going through all of that is really well done and like their character arcs are really good in a way that like you don't really get to see in high school musical but what i was gonna say is that i care more about like gabriella who like everyone everyone in all these like sharpay is a victim threads are like gabriella's like too scared to perform she keeps chickening out he she doesn't like want to to audition and so misses the deadline and then wishes she could like and then hopes to get an audition anyway but like i was a gabriella Like, I was like, I'm not worthy to be here. I'm too scared to be here. Like, I don't know how to do this. Like, no one's gonna like me. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I think, like, there should be more spaces for the Gabriellas um, in theater. And also Sharpay, you're right. Like, Sharpay is less of a theater maker and more of just, like, a 
like a straight performer versus like Ryan who is definitely like you know he's gonna go to Juilliard and then like make an off-Broadway show (laughs) like I have two thoughts about that train of thought yeah I think something that the series isn't like quite fully interrogate just like to 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 continue riffing off the like class thread it suffers a lot from bootstraps mentality which is like if you like work hard enough in theater then you can just be good at theater and like there there's been kind of a in the high school musical resurgence people are like yeah sharpay just worked harder and she and ryan were just better but actually that kind of leaves us behind when we're thinking about like what does it mean when your only route to college is getting a basketball scholarship like what does it mean when your route to college is making sure your grades are good enough that you're going to get full academic scholarship so i think there's like some interesting class analysis i also since you mentioned like the style of the series i actually kind of wanted to talk a little bit about like progression and style in this trilogy yeah because i think it's really interesting yeah as the movies go on kenny ortega the director the king the auteur is really allowed to flex his wings more and more in each Mm -hmm. movie and that really shows like the first movie is a very classically directed decom it's not doing a lot that is like particularly complex like i think get your head in the game is like and maybe maybe stick to the status quo that those are like him like towing at the line of like i can do a little bit yeah that is theatrical in this movie Mm -hmm. and then in the second movie he dips his foot a little deeper in it like i don't dance is like a great number that is super theatrical fabulous is a super Mm -hmm. theatrical delightful number even like bend on it a little bit like he's willing to like lean more into like stylized which i think is what he's really great at and the third movie even though the third movie is the worst written movie it's i think (laughs) it's the best directed movie oh yeah they've got all these really compelling um and well choreographed and well conceived like theatrical numbers that are really truly like he's like i'm going to stage this as a play and then film it What's the car song? The boys are back. That's which a is such great, a delightful the choreography is fantastic. The choreography in High School Musical 3 in particular is so fantastic. The song yeah. where they're all getting ready for prom, which has its own issues of like the the premise of that song is all the straight boys don't want to go to prom and all the straight girls do want to go to prom. Gross. But like that is like a great number. And then mm-hmm. I want it all is Sharpay and Ryan's number and yeah. it is fabulous there are all these like great theatrical references in it like there's a reference to chicago in it and like talking about like fossey and like classical theater thing there's a really great reference in high school musical three to a chorus line where they're all standing in a line talking about what they want to do with their lives yeah i mean it's a decom with a with a movie like a real movie budget yeah, it's so cool yeah. to see that, like, Kenny Ortega, it's a really well-conceived, well-researched direction of a movie. The fact that the script and songs are not as interesting as the first two, like, that's, like, it's whole, it's a whole can of worms. But it is really cool to, to appreciate the theater references, because you can tell Kenny Ortega is a choreographer by trade. He is not blind to theater, um, which is strange, given how, like, weirdly untheatrical like how like different it is from real like theater life but also if you think about it in high school musical three they really decided to make a devised show about their lives which is what happens in a chorus line it's also such a like playwrights thing a devised show about senior year of high school a devised show about our lives okay i made another connection while you were speaking on that and then high school musical the musical series 
is barely feels like a musical. It like barely feels it's so like acoustic and like the kids the a lot of the kids in the show actually wrote those songs. It feels very like stripped down. A song happens because like a song happens, but it doesn't feel like that like musically build up to a song. It's just like in it in a different way. Uh, and I think, cause I think like kids are just like the kids these days, I don't know. We just are leaning more towards like realism and like groundedness in a different way. The amount of camp in like early 2000s, like pop music, like the amount of like showmanship involved in that music. Like, I think there's a Lady Gaga reference in one of the songs. I'm trying to think like, oh, like born this way is what's going on Mm -hmm. right now. Like that or like California girls, like these songs are like so showy and like music right now. Billie Eilish. She's got, like, her flair, but she's, like, I'm low-key. I am just vibing. She is vibing. It reminds me of Glee. It also reminds me of the way people talk about musical theater right now as, like, I went to school and I trained for, like, a very specific vocal style, but now everything that's out there is a pop musical. Or everything that's out there is, like, a folky, Hadestown, not of my vocal style that I train to learn, which is like, that's the consistent fight I think that's happening in theater right now is like the traditional Sharpay, Ryan, Rachel Berry, that. And then you've got the like Santana, Gabriella, High School Musical, the musical series, like we're leaning in going somewhere different. Intriguing, compelling. Like High School Musical really reflects the theatrical world. I'm really compelled about the queer allegory so kenny ortega is a queer director um someone correct me if i'm wrong but i i'm almost certain he is a queer director and i think newsies has like a certain amount of like the homoeroticism and hocus pocus is really campy which i think is reflective of like being queer like i think his his stylistic influences and his like textual like metatextual influences are definitely queer and that's exciting but i also think the the plot of the actual high school musical series is really reflective of a queer story which is the the first movie is very much about trying to like stay in your lane and stay stay in your like societally assigned role and then finding out that like you are divergent from that society societally Mm. assigned role and like facing pushback and backlash from that and like trying to figure out how to come to terms with it with yourself and with your family and for me that really echoes what it means to like realize you're queer and come out in high school which is like just because I don't fit this societal mold of what I should be doesn't mean I like can't explore it and learn about it and then also Troy being like really afraid of what his parents are gonna think when he starts singing that seems really reminiscent of like what it means to come out to your parents and I like that it is like an effeminate hobby so it feels kind of like strange I think a challenge queer men face that I think a lot of queer women don't face as much is that I think it is more challenging to be a man and express something effeminate in many ways because being a woman is viewed as like inherently weaker and so it's harder to like transition into that like not harder but it's really different and there's a lot of like specific challenges involved in that so I think it's cool that they focus on like Troy's experience with that and experience with singing as a kind of effeminate hobby and then that translates really well into I Don't Dance which is the no homo musical number the absolute pinnacle of film and theater which is chad being like 
even though he literally does dance, I think this is so great. Chad literally dances like he dances in every single movie. And Corbin Blue is a dancer and they hired him to be a dance soloist. And so him singing about how he doesn't dance is really compelling. And having that conversation with Ryan, who's like this effeminate gay man, gay man, it feels like a conversation about what it means to be masculine in queer spaces. And like a conversation about internalized homophobia. And it's a really great song. And they switch they switch outfits afterwards. And I they just switch think the clothes. that's gay. Them. When when they, they switched, switched their clothes, clothes that they was hooked the final up. nail in the gay coffin. That was they it. made out. That was it. My greatest because desire. In what situation would they both be naked? Like where would when did the clothes come off? When did the I want to know? And then come back on. And then come My back on. My greatest desire. And then also, Lucas Grabiel has said very recently he was like, I would have wanted Ryan to be like explicitly gay if High School Musical came out now. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, like, I think the the most Kenny Ortega could get away with is in the last movie, there's a blooper where Ryan kisses Zeke. Huh? Yeah, there's, what? like, a blooper. Yeah. yeah. Zeke and it's like, Ryan? But, like, Chad is, like, Chad is Ryan's goth BF. Yeah. Damn. Like, Chad, it's Chad and Ryan to the end. But Zeke I, is I think... a himbo. I love Zeke. He's a soft baby boy and a great representation of <laughs> black masculinity. Bla- soft black masculinity. Soft black masculinity. It's legendary. I think the reason the first two movies are better than the last movie is that the first movie is like I think like that whole thing serves as a queer allegory, and the second movie like con- complexifies that, deepens that, and like continues to like follow that path. Um, in the su- in like kind of the the B or C plot, but it's still really like present in the story, and all of the plots in that movie I think are really reflective of like real struggles, like class struggle and like struggle with queerness and with masculinity and like with going to college. And then the third movie is worse because it leans really heavily into being a heterosexual movie and yes. having a lot of like heterosexist tropes about like what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a man. And that's really boring, and it's the opposite of how cool all of the, like, exciting staging is. The third one just leans so heavy into the Troy Gabriella, like, are apart and they want to be together. Like, that is the most boring part of the first two movies, and it's, like, the biggest part of the third movie. And do you think that, like, that lean-in is probably part of the fact that it was theatrically released? possibly like i think that that maybe they wanted to be able to like hold their own as a rom-com because they were no longer a decom yeah maybe i think there's a sense of that and i think kenny ortega was so flexing his like staging and stylistic abilities and pushing the limits in terms of like what is acceptable like what amount of camp is acceptable in like a movie he was like trying to not push any more boundaries of that i also think there was I don't know if Disney would be aware of it, but, like, Disney seems like they're always watching. Less so then. Yeah, maybe not. There was a small internet subsect about Chad and Ryan. But even in 2008, people were talking that. Uh, I'm just looking at the lyrics. The lyrics of I Don't Dance. Please dramatically read me some. I will. You'll never know. Oh, I know. If you never try, there's just one little thing that stops me every time and then they're like i don't dance i know you can not a chance if i could do this well you could do that but i don't 
dance. And then there's also yeah. like slide home, you score, swinging. I feel like oh, the, yeah. the, the term swinging, uh, like bases. Baseball as just, a sex metaphor, it's just always there. Baseball is inherently euphemistic. First, second, third, base, baby. This is sex. They are talking about sex. And then they go and bang right after the song. And then they go bang and then they switch clothes. And no one says yeah. anything. They're just like yeah. cool with it. But it's so sexy because their friends uh, approve of their gay relationship. There's this hilarious subplot where like Troy is really jealous of how close Gabrielle and Ryan are getting. Even yeah, though like, and Ryan's it's like, just dude, clearly gay. You know Ryan's fucking gay and he's fucking your best friend. Like you should probably be more stressed about that. Um, okay, speaking of, like, friends being, like, bad to each other, yes, I feel segue. like the thing that they do, like, the worst thing that happens in that series is that, like, Troy's friends trick him into saying that he doesn't give a fuck about Gabriella, um, in order to, like, get the, get him to play basketball again, and honestly, I will argue, like, I'm not, def- I guess I am defending a rich white woman, but that's way worse than anything Sharpay does. Like, that is so conniving and mean and awful. Like, Sharpay, obviously, is, like, a spoiled rich white girl. But the act of, like, I think, like, seeing if if Troy and Gabrielle are, like, actually serious about theater is, like, different than, like, literally bullying your friend out of theater. And then if they don't do it, you, like, trick them into not doing it because uh, you get them into relationship trouble. And Sharpay, I I, I remember seeing Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, and she really gets her comeuppance in that one. Like, she really, like, goes through it in that one. And then, like, realizes that, like, you gotta make connections with people in the business, and, like, you're not gonna get everything handed to you. So I think she definitely does have a good arc. Um, Her arc is the most fleshed out, I think, of them all. Yeah. Because, like, you don't get to see... I wish I got to see Chad and Ryan, like deal with that I don't dance thing way more than I had to see Troy and Gabriella like just decide whether or not they're gonna break up for the third fucking time we've evolved past the need to see Troy and Gabriella break up yeah okay Troy and Gabriella break up more than Edward and Bella in Twilight like damn like they break up like every movie and then they get back together and like it's so exhausting like in the span of junior year to senior year they break up like three times like that is so stressful troy is the real villain of high school musical stan chad and ryan one beef thing i have about troy like jesus christ like when he gets those the when he gets to like hang out with those basketball players he does not bring his friends along to help them get connections to like hopefully also get into this college he does not care about networking across he only cares about networking up and his he does he throws his mostly black friends under the bus and his latina girlfriend and he's not the mastermind of helping everybody get to perform in the talent show that's ryan Ryan is, like, valid, and Troy is not Ryan, valid. Ryan has class consciousness. <laughs> Ryan has class consciousness, and Troy is a class traitor, and that's all I have to say on that. It's time for bitch time. No more being smart. Okay, let's be dumb now. We're done. We've evolved past the need for intelligence. Okay, ready? It's bitch time where we get to say dumb stuff and uh, just bitch. Okay, and go. Oh, do I have anything to say? <laughs> um, uh, okay, I did have like a huge. 
Oh, yes. No, what's your thing? What's your thing? Oh, I used to have that J14, like, poster of Zac Efron on my wall. Like, I'm just going to do a real quick posters. Yeah. I'm just going to I'm just going to do real quick. Okay. Um um Sharpay pegs uh yes. Tori wishes he gets pe- got pegged but doesn't. Gabriella no. does not peg. No. Um Chad gets pegged. Ryan tops. Zeke, Zeke gets pegged. Zeke gets Zeke pegged. gets pegged. Zeke gets pegged. Kelsey pegs and is a lesbian. Oh, I, yes. Yes. Um Taylor pegs. Um Yes. Martha Peggs. Yes. Um, a lot of pe- a lot of people in this movie get, like I think most of the men in this movie definitely get pegged except for Troy because he's like too repressed for that. Yo, um, does Troy's does Tro- does Troy's dad get pegged? Absolutely not. Troy okay. Troy and his dad are the same kind of repressed. You're right. Okay, but Troy does have a moment with his dad that's like the the archetypal like it's not my dream dad, it's your dream. It's yours. <laughs> It's yours, Dad. Uh, Martha's a good representation of, like, we talked about this a little bit. This, oh, wait, this is a smart thought. Never mind. No, don't say it. Don't say it. I won't say it. I won't say it. Martha's Um, very sexy, though, and I'm proud of her. Dude, Zac Efron, like, is so weird now. Also, Vanessa Hutchins is, like, canceled, I guess, because she said it. It was fine if people died from coronavirus if she got to go to Coachella. Oh, but then cool. she did the lop dance and everyone forgot that she said that really awful thing because uh, her ass was fat in it. Um, Vanessa Cameron's, Cameron's just like considering. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Zac um, Efron's such a weirdo now, but he's like Zac Efron doesn't sing in the first movie and he sings no. in the second too. That's, you know, I feel like that's white male hot privilege. Yeah. Like, I just feel like I just he, don't get why. Drew Seeley did the voice, right, for singing? Yeah. Um, I think so. It's like, like a, we just a automatically singer. trust that Troy is a good person because he's hot. I just don't get, like, why not just, like, why not just cast a different actor? Like, Zephron wasn't yeah. famous yet. So, like, why did they he cast him? He had only him? been in, like, one soap opera or something because I watched it because I was really obsessed with Zac Efron. Um. Zephron. Saffron. Um, High School Musical's really legacy is being a part again. of a very Potter musical. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't uh, know. I I kind of am. I, Zephron's a sweet little guy. I'm not mad at him. He's a sweet dude. No, I'm not mad at him. He's just like a, I'm he's like a total mad about the Ted now. Bundy movie he was in. Yeah, we're at time, but yeah. No, that was bad. Like, I, I liked the, I liked the casting. I was like, okay, that makes sense because Ted Bundy was also like, quote unquote, like everyone was like, he's too hot to be a murderer, like at the time. So then weaponizing Zac Efron's sexiness made sense to me. But the way the movie is written, structured and framed is bad. And you like end up trusting him because you never see him like murder anybody. And you just think he's like a good dude the entire time. And I was like, no, 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 like weaponize the sexiness like you did in the casting, but like actually do it in the movie. It was a bad movie. Also, it was just bad. I just don't think we uh, I don't think we as a society need movies with serial killers being sexy. Like I know Ted Bundy was canonically sexy IRL. Like I get it. Like and but like with like this weird rise in like murder fandom like i think we should probably not have sexy serial killers right well i think the point was like 
unlike the show You, which does make you root for Penn Badgley's character to just, like, get whatever he wants, even though he's, like, a total stalker and then also a murderer, like, I think what people were hoping for, at least what I was hoping for with that Ted Bundy movie, was to, like, see the ugly side and then be like, oh, God, like, even if someone's attractive, like, that is so, it's so scary. To, like, take the those scary, like, true crime fandoms that, like, young teenage girls set up and be like oh my god ted bundy was so hot like to take that and like use it against them and like actually like scare them out of it which is what i thought that movie was gonna do and it did not end up doing that that would have been sexy unfortunately that would have been sexy and you know what like maybe that's a movie that like you and i could write but not we will we're hot we will uh let's get into bitch why the implications the who saw it why did they see it how did it affect them This movie, I think, really foundational to our generation. I think it's kind of sexy that our generation, something that was, this movie was, like, very pivotal in our generation's childhood, and I think something that's sexy about the way this movie handled that um, was it was very anti-status quo and very much, like, be who you want to be, and I think you're starting to see, like, kids who grew up with these movies redefining the way they want to exist um, in the world, and it's not, like, a radical movie, but I think the messaging in it is generally positive, like, the messaging of you can be what you need to be, and no matter what anyone says, like, the messaging about the characters of color, which, um, they're not really talking about race in any critical, interesting way, but they are, like, having a lot of characters of color with a lot of different stories and a lot of different it's personalities dope that you see a latina character that's like a math whiz and then a black woman that's also a math whiz that like says she wants to be president yeah and yeah, also like, like zeke cool. being like a little soft baker guy and chad being a himbo like these are yeah. nuanced exactly i think everyone has like very interesting archetypes that you don't see a lot and that's like was positive looking back on it like I was kind of rewatching, and I was like waiting for like the big problematic like grenade to be thrown yeah. into it um because I like I have a great intense fondness for these films and and when I was watching Spider-Verse I I when I went looking for that like I could see places where they engaged where they failed and watching mm-hmm. this I don't think they ever tried to engage so they never really had a chance to fail and so it's just overall like a movie that was profoundly impactful to our generation it wasn't so political that it really said anything like radical but i think it did give us a nice little foundation in being ourselves i fully agree i think this movie net good really there's nothing there's nothing that yeah again i was also like looking and waiting for something really bad to happen but i think the only things that we notice growing up in it like growing up and then watching it later is that like Choi's kind of a dick and like I root for them less but I that doesn't mean the movie is bad or the movie is like showing me something bad it's just that I'm noticing now how shitty white men are and how they get everything handed to them and then also he like literally like denies Juilliard like that's fucked up I hate that Jesus fuck shut up you don't say no to Juilliard 
Juilliard says no to you. You don't say no to Juilliard, sir. Yeah. But you know what? He didn't deserve to go anyway. Also, UC Berkeley is a Division I sports school, so they're, like, really tough on who they allow in for any sport. And, like, Troy Bolton is 5'8". Like, he would not have been allowed. Like, everyone in the basketball team at UC Berkeley is, like, a six foot and above. I think this movie really leverages its ensemble cast. Oh, yeah. In a way that makes it so even now that some of the things that are happening with the main cast feel kind of dated and boring, it's still so exciting to watch like the dynamic of the ensemble that it doesn't really bother me. I also forgot to mention during when we were talking about our exposure to these movies that I wrote a whole play about High School Musical. You could write High School Musical, the musical, the series, but the writers of High School Musical, the musical, the series could not write your play hire me yeah oh my god the show is good it's like fun but like guy your play is just like so much better does anyone want to read don't look up you might see sky all you have to do is dm me dm gaia read their play um so i would say implications our generation is better because of it yeah and i feel like we took the lessons we needed to learn from it and now we can look back on it and like realize troy was a jerk and like we should stand chad and ryan and uh, every single song is a banger. Yes. And this was a fun throwback. I feel like we've been talking about a lot of serious things and getting, like, really into, like, yeah. how exhausting, like, art can be. But this is just, like, fun and sweet and nice. And we needed this. Art can be fun, too, sometimes. Yeah. And it's cool to look back at, like, this thing that is talking about theater and, like, actually knowing about theater now. We're like... Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess, like, there's things that are really different, but, but, They like, got the spirit. They got the spirit. They got the spirit. And, but, like, to grow up and know that theater is, like, so much bigger than you ever thought it could be and, like, so much more expansive than your, like, little high school theater department, it's just, like, really, really cool to know that now. Yeah, actually, it is kind of sweet to, because I guess this movie was probably my first exposure to what theater is. So it is kind of sweet to go back and look at it and be like, I am now in that career. Like, I am doing that. And this was, like, the very first little seed. Maybe that's why I love this so much. Yeah. It's like, it shows you the, like, it's the gateway drug (laughs) for us. High School Musical was our our gateway drug. Um, Okay, let's get to the bitch meter. Yay, bitch meter, it's time for the bitch meter. It's where we give it a score. Rate the thing on representation. It's we did the math, you don't have to do it. You don't have to participate in the decathlon because we did it for you. For queer, we gave it an NA minus one for bait. Come on, yes. Kenny. Um, actually, no, Kenny Please. did his best, but Disney. Let it be gay. Let it be gay. For gender, uh, I'm just, I'm going with this. Uh, we gave it a 3.7 um, because it is <laughs> pretty, like, evenly split between, like, uh, male characters and female characters. But the last movie really, like, leans into some heteronormative bullshit and, like, the straight guys don't want to go to prom and, like, the straight girls want to go to prom. It just gets really heteronormative towards the end. So we're just like, mm, we're not going to give it a five. Uh, so it, we just docked it a little bit in that, in that regard. So 3.7. Yeah. We gave it a four for race. Um, I think it was probably fairly impactful for 
young children of color to see a lot a lot of characters that looked like them uh just being all around cool kids yeah it kind of reminded me of that tiktok we were talking about a couple episodes ago where it's which is about like you can cast black people in things and it doesn't have to be about the strife of racism for a disney channel original movie and for the early 2000s there's a lot of black characters in this and um latina lead and i think that was nice of it i think they need more characters of color that's what could make this movie better but they get to be people first before they have to be like representatives of their race which is really cool uh for disability we gave it an a because it doesn't really do say anything about disability gaia what did we give for body positivity we gave it a 2.5 um it's cool to see martha being fat and also like she's a dancer the she's like the whole thing of her character is that she's a great dancer um and the reason people are mad about her being a dancer isn't because she's fat it's because she's like a nerd and then at the end she becomes a cheerleader and it's just cool i just think she's neat but also like please just cast fat people in movies yeah just everyone cast else them. in the movie is uh, everyone else is like thin so so just like but yeah cast fat people in things like god it's like so easy it costs zero dollars to cast fat people in things and yet oh my god rebel wilson just released an interview where she talked about how she lost weight because she wanted to be in more serious roles she wasn't like she didn't like say i lost weight to feel good there's a tiktok about it i'll try to find it but she was like i didn't lose weight because i like thought it'd be good for me or whatever i literally did it so that people would stop casting me in like comedy bullshit like nonsense roles and i want to be taken seriously this is what i studied for and so i had to lose weight i had to outwardly present as the thing you think looks serious for me to get cast in a serious movie Oh my god. Yeah. Rebel, go off! She went off. But it sucks that and, like, she did lose her? a bunch of weight. And, like, there was a picture that was circulating. And she looks... I mean, she looks great. But she looked great before. But everyone's like, oh my god, why'd she do that? And she's like... I mean, same thing with, like, Adele, too. I mean, Adele did some weird nonsense. But, like, again, you have, like, these, these like, celebrities, like, losing weight. And then people, like, freaking out. And I guess, like, it's a lot of it is, like, the they are aware of the way they're being perceived. We are so sorry to Rebel Wilson <laughs> from our Sorry Jojo to Rebel Wilson Rabbit. that we canceled you that one time for Jojo Rabbit. It's not actually not your fault that you got cast in those things. It's Hollywood's fault. Um, and that's on growth on our part. Okay, for yeah. class, we gave it a four because we feel like the second movie is like is so aware of class. Um, the whole plot centers around how everyone needs to get a job so that they can afford college, and like that's a big part of Troy's arc is that he's like afraid he can't afford college. Um, they literally like hijack the talent show so that the workers can participate in it. There's a lot in there, so we gave it a four because like for a decom, like damn, they really went off. Also, Newsies is kind of class conscious. Like, what's Kenny like been taken? Like, bro, okay, did you hear about Laura Osnes? Laura Osnes is a Republican. <gasps> Fuck. Yeah, no, Laura Osnes, Catherine McPhee, they've all, like, donated to the Republican Party or whatever, and so everyone was like, how the fuck can you be in Newsies and, like, be a Republican? I can't believe Laura Osnes, okay, wow, sorry, that was a lot to take in. How can you be Cinderella and be a Republican? Sometimes when you're a pretty white girl, anything's possible. Yeah, oof quote of the century Gaia okay so doing all of that math we are the winners of the scholastic decathlon but the on the bitch meter high school musical the the entire trilogy gets a six out of ten which is you know what for for like a decent solid it did a lot of representation really well thanks Kenny thanks Kenny it's time for Harris's hot take 
What is your hot I, take on High School Musical? Oh my god, I was in High School Musical, like the like a <gasps> production of it when I was in uh, was it middle school? Can you guess what character I played? Brian. I'm gonna say the line, okay. and please don't hate me for saying this. Oh line. no. Yo, doggy, Troy, my hoops boy. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Um. So that's not. I shouldn't have done that. But no. I was also in middle school. Didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, oh my god. <laughs> but I mean, High School Musical is a banger. I like. I still jive to that shit all oh, the yeah. fucking time. Who, uh, who wouldn't? Exactly. Who wouldn't? And Vanessa exactly. Hudgens. You know. I don't I I think it's that weird gay thing again where like I love the females in a piece of media. I like obsess over them and it's not cuz I'm attracted to them. I'm just like I want I want safety for these women. Oh. <laughs> I wow. want them to be safe. Did you see her wop dance? No. What? Oh, she did a dance to wop. <sighs> and wow. I okay. need you to go look it up because Wow. Is it good? It's very good. <laughs> She's a really good dancer. She, She's fantastic. She was, um, she was, she did In the Heights at the Kennedy Center, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, she's great. Love you so much. I love you too, um, Harris. And I hope I was helpful in you this high school You were so helpful. All right. Okay. I'll listen to it when it comes out. Fantastic. I love you. Right. Be safe and Me sexy. Too. Okay. Stay safe Bye. and sexy. Don't get murdered, baby. <laughs> All right. Love you. Love you. Oh, wow. How spicy. Wow. What a great hot take, Harris. Um, okay. Thanks for being hot. What are we working on? I'm working on a poetry collection called Zeno's Paradox about the last year of my life. It's a bunch of letters to people in my life who I can't write letters to. Um, I have been doing a lot of work on it and it's been quite cathartic. I would love anyone on the planet to read it. It's pretty much what I've been working on nonstop. What are you working on? Hack, the organization that I work with, I'm the creative producer for, uh, launched. So please go follow them. If you're a student of color, like this shit is for you, made for you by other students of color. And we are spotlighting some really amazing artists of color. Char is, <gasps> is it Shar? Shar Char is our her. second episode. We just finished editing hers. Or sorry, we just finished filming hers and that's going to get edited. And then uh, we're spotlighting our president of CAC's friend Tapper, who is a musician and he's fantastic and lovely. And so that's probably going out within the next week or two. Um, I'm really proud of I'm really proud of CAC. I'm really proud of the work we're doing and like Aww. being in rooms of only people of color has been so healing for me. And it's like I did not know I needed that, but I really needed that. It's tea. It's tea though. Yeah. It is tea. The same thing okay. happened to me when I did All Trans Twelfth Night. Like, I think something that, like, just, like, I wanted to mention on that, like, you don't have to not want to work with, like, cis or white people to, like, no. want a space without them. And Exactly. Before I did Trans Twelfth Night, a little bit of my lingering um, white supremacist internalized bigotry was... I was like, damn, like, I wish I could, like, work in spaces with all artists of color. Like, I'm, I love all these artists and I want to be working with them all the time. But then when I did Trans Twelfth Night, I was like, damn, it's not because they don't respect me as an artist. It's because they need to breathe every once in a while. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I had never gotten 
breathing room. And now I feel like I can engage in spaces with white people as long as I have my, it's not that it's a safe space, but it's like a brave space. Yeah. Um, to go exist with people who get me. So that way I feel fuel, like I, I feel like I have the fuel to engage in spaces that might be less filled with the oxygen I need. For me, it made my life feel more possible. And yeah. that's what I think is important about all X spaces. It's plug in time, baby. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nita underscore Thadani, T H A D A N I. And you can follow me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River. Yeah, and you can follow the Bitch Why Podcast at Bitch Why Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at b.tchy at gmail.com. Also, because someone asked me about it, it's n- it's why like the word and why and not why like the letter. <laughs> Please leave a review and rate us on iTunes. It's really key for us new podcasts to get some reviews, yeah. some ratings. And it also just makes us feel nice. And send yeah. us an email so that we can gush over you. Thank you to our editor and co-producer, Cameron. And also to our designer, graphic designer, Jillian. Good night, bitches. Good night, bitches.